listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 203, where we will be discussing chapter 5 of City of Heavenly Fire, Measure of Revenge. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. What, what? What, what? I said I was ready, but I'm on the wrong page of the doc. I love it. Because I'm an idiot. I Not that we need it. why that episode title threw me off. I don't know. Um, so this is the first, uh, well, not the first pre-recorded because we've been pre-recording uh, episodes all month long, not intentionally. The intention <laughs> was to log two episodes for when I, Kristen, am gone on my trip. Um but all month long, we've been recording like two episodes and then being like, oh, well, we've got something else going on. So we got to use <laughs> that episode. And then, oh, wait, we'll, we'll record two. Oh, wait, can we just record one today? And then tomorrow, we'll, next week, we'll record two. It's been. Promise. Cross my fingers. This is just who we are, which is yeah. also why nobody thought to bring to our attention that we had accidentally um, left a. Uh, intermission. Non-edited? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> in on a, uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and so we didn't correct that into on episode 200. Um, there was a, a, a brief thing where we should have cut it um, because we were technically, you know, assuming every, everyone thought they were off the record. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing bad. We weren't doing anything. We weren't even talking shit, no. which is no. like amazing for millennials <laughs> we weren't even talking shit <laughs> we were just kind of like dicking around um because we we had a, a quick interruption and uh because it seems so natural i guess um <laughs> I, I didn't notice <laughs> when i was editing <laughs> um so we left it in and it was in for a week and nobody said hey <laughs> We're on the chaos train. Which just goes to show you how little I actually edit. (laughs) So don't feel bad for me, you guys. I mean, that's a compliment at this point. Imagine how much editing you used to do. Like, incredible. Oh, it was totally different. Well, also, we were not as comfortable on mic as we are now. Like, when we first started, like, we could barely get fucking sentences out. Without, uh-huh. like, squealing. All of us were shaking. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like, so nervous for no reason. It's just fucking us. Yeah. And even when we do something weird and chaotic, they our listeners are just, like, they just accept it. They just accept That's us wholly. I know this is unusual for us since we didn't really get this <laughs> growing up. But they just love us who for who we are unconditionally. <laughs> I just, I'm getting chills. I have never felt so loved as right. no one thinking So I guess what Kristen's trying to say is thank you. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> they, thank you for translating. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I talk myself into a corner. I don't know how to get out. <laughs> how to get out of it, yep. You well, will leave. Let me tell you a story about my child real quick. 
Yes. That is so silly. So he's almost five. And so every night he does everything possible to not go to bed, right? He's hungry. He's thirsty. He's scared. He needs me to rub his back. All the things. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I was rubbing his back because that's who I am. And um, he says something about my fingernails. Because the other day when we were clipping the kids' fingernails, he asked me why I'm not clipping mine. Because they're like mm-hmm. short, but grown in more than theirs. And they look like they should be clipped. I said, well, you know, I like to try to keep mine long. They're not awesome, but, you know, whatever. Oh, okay. So then, of course, he's going to sleep. And he's trying to think of anything he can to sp- strike up a conversation with me. So I'm rubbing his back and he notices my nails and he's like, um, Barbie likes to keep her nails long. And I was like, okay, I've never noticed Barbie having long nails, but okay. He goes, why does she want to do that? And I said, well, I guess she likes them because they're pretty. And he's like, well, why do you keep your nails long if they're not pretty? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you know what, Lincoln, that's a really good point. I'm not sure, but that's your first sick burn. So I got to put it on record. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I just had to share my uh, pain from parenting. The shade. Yeah. He's so good. He's 100% not wrong. (laughs) I love that. I love that. (sighs) My youngest keeps opening doors. And saying ladies first and letting his mm. sister go through. Oh, that's cute. And he's like, not you. You're old. It doesn't count. <laughs> and then he goes in front of me. <clears throat> not cool, dude. I was trying to take a sip. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's great. And then you need to say age before beauty and walk in front of her. Oh, my God. Yes. I never. Yes. That's, nope. Thank you. Well, and then when I called my husband old yesterday, because we did a swap the, uh-huh. in the par- parking lot swap. Yep. Because the soccer practice. And I said something about Omar being old. And he was like, don't you say that about my dad. And I was like, didn't you just, <laughs> you know, exhibit A? And he's like, yeah, but dad's my favorite. <laughs> Damn. Okay. <Ouch. laughs> Way to bite the hand that literally feeds you. Yes. <laughs> I mean, did you sock him with the I, I'm younger than your dad? He Omar said that. He's oh, like, good. but your mom's younger than me. Like, I'm older. He was like, nah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. She looks older. It's You're my favorite. I don't counts. care. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, he's not wrong. Oh, my gosh. He has significantly more melanin than I do. He's going to age way better than I oh, am. Oh, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, kids. That's really funny. I mean, my daughter, (laughs) Jason and I were talking. So my daughter's room's off the living room. And the other night, Jason and I were were chatting. um, And I don't, we were, like, teasing each other about, like, when we first met. And, you know, we're just having a, a, a flirty little time. And Bryn's in her room, and she's like, what are you guys talking about? Da, 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 da. You know, because she's just being nosy, because she hates it. She doesn't hate it. She fake hates it when we're affectionate, right? Yes. 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 Um, she secretly loves it. Um, uh-huh. But uh, 
Jason said, you know, this is an A-B conversation, see your way out. You, you know, just a dad joke, mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. you do. Um, and Bryn starts, like, cackling, and she's like, I have the perfect comeback for that. And Jason's like, what is it? She's like, I can't say it. Blah, 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 blah. So it sparks this whole, like, t- and I'm like, it's not. Uh, in, in my head, as him and Brynn are going back and forth, and he's like, it's okay, you have a moratorium, you can say whatever you want. I want to hear what this perfect comeback is, you know, because he's just a fucking, yeah. he's a youngest son shit stir <laughs> if there is ever one. <laughs> and I'm over here going, it's probably the tamest motherfucking shit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's like, it's mean, I can't say that to my mom, you know, like all this stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck? You know what it was? <laughs> how do, uh, how about I see this foot up your ass? That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're 15. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we do have, we do have a, um, you've got mail. Yeah, let me find it. Give me just a moment, please. I like how you went with that instead of Blue's Clues. It's like, what, what do you, what's I, it going to be? I, it was like halfway between, because I, I, I started wanting to be like, mail, mail, you know, like the whole mail thing. Time. And I was like, no. And then, so I kept the voice, but went with, you've got mail. I don't know. It was a mess it was AOL the wrong neurons X connected. Blue, yeah. <laughs> blues clues. Okay. <clears throat> I think I'm prepared you now. Wiggle your yeah. throat. <laughs> I just had a frog in my throat. So I had to make it a little more obvious, obviously. <laughs> okay. I've got a snake in my boot. Sorry. You're not sorry, and it's fine. Okay. Don't be. <laughs> This person's name. I haven't read the name. I love it. It's Baby Lasagna. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's cute. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. Can Baby Lasagna be our mascot? Yeah. I had a dream about I was making lasagna last night. For real. I've for been real. thinking about Yummy. making lasagna. You, I mean, come I on. I don't even baby like lasagna. lasagna. You got us. My kid and I were in the same cooking class and we had to cook lasagna, but the meat was bad and I didn't want to feed it to my family. <laughs> That is a Robin dream. If someone lined up Mm -hmm. dreams in a pensive and I viewed them without knowing whose dreams they were, I would pick that as Robin's dream. Yes. That's, that's, that sounds like a fun game. (laughs) Guess the dream or yes. Match the person to the dream. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so Baby Lasagna says, I just wanted to send over a message because this has become my absolute favorite podcast and launched me back into the series I spent so much time obsessing over. I'm talking group Shadow Hunter Halloween costume in public at high school, writing Jamie Campbell Bowers initials on my hand every day (laughs) that it would imprint on my face when I napped in class. And brought me so close to the people I love the most. Social high and a mildly belated happy birthday to Kendra, my roommate, my intro to the podcast, and the only person I know willing to get matching pair of bro tie. 
Did not say pair of bro tie. <laughs> I don't even know how to say the word correctly anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tramp stamps with me, which sounds oh, I love it. fantastic. I need pictures. <clears throat> Too long, didn't read. Thank you, my darlings, for keeping me from going insane in my room, working on manic sewing projects. Kristen I and I it. are right there with you. Absolutely. XOXO, please feel free to read. It's wordy and run on, so no pressure. That is that's us. A perfect that's so match on for brand. Us. Like. Love it. Yes. Thank you, baby lasagna. Yes, thank you. And shout out to Kendra. What was the roommate? Yes, Kendra. Happy yes, birthday. Kendra. Yes, happy birthday. Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Yes. Yes. We we're I happy want... to feed your addiction. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I want Shadowhunter Halloween costumes, dude. I mean, Dude, if I didn't look the way I look, I would totally wear do Shadowhunter costumes. But I am a are you going to be clearing your Jocelyn white woman? I guess you have to be Clary then, or J- mm-hmm. Jocelyn then. No, I don't want no <laughs> I, no. Okay, I meant like I'm a middle aged white woman. Like I'm a middle aged mom. Like I've got a mom bod. I don't. I'm not I'm not Jocelyn. Like. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm not hot enough to dress up as shadow hunters and feel confident, so I would not. I could be, I could be a silent brother. I could get down (laughs) with some prosthetic makeup and be a silent brother for sure. Listen, you could wear a cloak. You know, yeah. What are are those called? I just also feel like it would be a lot of like tight leather because I could not imagine actual no. cargo pants looking good. <laughs> yeah, they zip off. We've they had zip this off, girl. God. <laughs> Black cargo. Okay, we do our version where we carry mm-hmm. lightsabers around and fucking wear cargo pants. Listen, I, I feel like you're creating that. something here. Baby lasagna, <laughs> if you have pictures, please share with us. Please. We your want Halloween both if you're comfortable, yeah. yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, obviously. Like, uh, no pressure. <laughs> like, whatever you're comfortable with. But if you are, we want both the tra- tramp stamp pictures and Halloween pictures if you've got them. Yes. <laughs> yes. We follow people that do, like, hashtags for Shadowhunter cosplay and stuff. Mm. Yeah, because at. it's mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. cool to watch everybody else do it because I'm like, mm, not not me. Mm. <laughs> no, not me, never. Nope. Oh. <sighs> Amazing. Good times. Good times. Uh, so we're going to cut the chit chat. Oh, fuck. I am going to edit that to make it better. Um, maybe. Uh, why don't we kick things off with Robin's recap? <laughs> Previously on Downworld or Dish. The Wonder Kids all meet up at the new Quizzy Quarters to discuss among themselves what TF? Oh, the f- oh my god, I'm so fucking stupid. It's like, what I is that? I get my shorthand. Shorthand. Oh, I love it. Uh, WTF happened at the meeting with the Blackthorns and the decision the Clave is making to deal with Sub-Ass-Chin. Uh-huh. And his and Darken cronies. Of course, tensions are high, and Alec ends up upsetting Izzy, who rushes out, and Jace decides he's going to walk Clary home. Of course, Clace can't keep their hands off of each other on the way home because hormones. So hot right now. Jace ends up burning 
some handprints into the stone wall. Um, so now he's six ways till Sunday broody about it. Clary pulls him out of his slump by asking him to come weapon shopping with her. Checking in with the Downworlders, they're having a meeting of their own at Jordan and Simon's. Simon is very dashboard confessional about his new vampire life, and his kind of ex-girlfriend Maya is trying to give him a pep talk. Simon can sense some tension between Jordan and Maya, but doesn't bring it up because A, for awkward, and B, for they're having a conversation about his daylight status, and it just doesn't fit the plot at the moment. (laughs) They're interrupted by the the bell. Tis not the time. Uh, When Simon gets the door, Izzy's demon-detecting necklace starts freaking the fuck out, and he's met with and darkened. Action begins quickly, and Jordan is able to convince Simon to get the heck out of there because the person-slash-wolves have it on lockdown. Solid plan, except his escape is into the arms of a gang of Doomort vampires that you cannot convince me aren't dressed like characters from West Side Story. Yes. (laughs) Of course... Simon gets vamp-napped and uh, on orders from the immortal child, Maureen. And I know you're asking yourself if this recap could be any longer. (laughs) Yes. The answer is yes, because the Seelie Queen will not be denied her POV moment. She's chilling in her bed with her new boo, Jonathan Christopher Morgenstern, who, let's be honest, she is totally smitten with, not in spite of his evil flaws, but because of them. Yes. It's not long until she gets called from booty to duty, and she's met with her spy, <laughs> Meliorn. He tells her the hats in the mortal realm. <clears throat> what, from booty to duty? Yeah. Okay, that's going to be the title. I love that. Um, oh, God. <laughs> I was so tired when I wrote this. I just want you to know that. Um, I forgot. Okay, she tells them the haps in the mortal realm and it's clear sebi has not forgotten about the dynamic duo that are his siblings after the tea is spilled meliorn decides they need to press their luck on the shadow hunters being arrogant idiots and get one more institute that hasn't evacuated yet sebi decides on london which is a poor choice if you ask me because there's a bunch of fucking old people there but i digress and he (laughs) conquers y'all this motherfucker Mhm. Mhm. I don't know, but from booty to duty is going to be this chapter yeah. title. I just, I want you to know that. Yes. Do you, do you want me to add it to the notes? <laughs> Please do, so I don't forget. <laughs> I don't okay, think okay. I would ever forgive myself if I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was difficult for me because I'm not really a big fan of that word. Booty? Duty. Yes. Booty. Duty. You don't like a little booty, 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 booty rocking everywhere? <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on... Oh, I just hit my microphone. I'm very sorry. I don't know. If it's funny, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. If it's meant to be something that's not funny, it's icky. Like <laughs> moist. Like moist. <laughs> or mucus. Okay. Uh, Amazing. Oh, I love it. All right. So Jordan comes ripping into the apartment, sans Simon, obviously. Uh, But Maya hadn't, like, she hasn't had any luck either. Like, he didn't find him and he hasn't come back. Uh, Since the Andarkened don't poof like demons, she had to call in reinforcements for disposal. (laughs) 
Bat and the pack show up with a body bag, and I wonder if they have, like, old uniforms from the police station to, like, make it look like an official situation. It's a lie. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Where was I? Oh, yes. (laughs) Do you think that they wear, like, police uniforms to, like, distract? I mean... No, I never thought about that. But now that you say that, absolutely yes. Right? Well, because, like, they're werewolves. They don't have, like, special... Like, they don't have glamour, as far as I know, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they don't have the you-are-getting-sleepy that the vampires do. No. They're just... Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hot. Yeah, so they have, like... They're they're basically the closest to human, I I guess, is... Mm -hmm. In terms of, like, power, really, their physical power just comes from their transformation and stuff. They have, like, healing and stuff, but they can't, like, it's all internal. They can't project it. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, Bat also promised the pack uh, would keep an eye out for Simon to try and try to get word um, to Idris about what's happening. Because they have contact with Luke um, because he's there oh, to, right. like, represent them. Um. But it's, like, official, official channel. So it's, like, calling your mom when she's on, like, a work trip. And you know that you're only supposed to, like, call the place. Or, you know, or if she's just at work. You're, like, you're not allowed to call mom's work unless it's an emergency. Someone's bleeding or it's on fire. I used to have to call my dad's work every day when I got home from school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I hated it so much. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's and the worst because you have to think. Is Bill there? Yeah, exactly. Because he was out. He's a foreman. He's not in the mm-hmm. office. And then the lady had to go get him and stuff. And I'm just like this. Th- no, but I do appreciate the fact that he cared that I got home. Yeah, yeah. So I well, don't I'm know, sure they but... were all used to you calling. Uh-huh. Well, but like that's also like why a lot of, like a lot of businesses like that was like the main ch- the the. Reception is basically just, like, transferred calls from everyone's fucking kids. Yeah. Especially in the summertime. Like, because everybody in the office has kids. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a common mm-hmm. thing. And, like, everyone has that same, like, call mom and ask her if you can have the Pop-Tarts. You know? Yeah. Like. <laughs> yep. Like, yeah. you know that that was probably, like, when cell phones started to come become a thing i'm sure like some of those old school receptionists are just like fuck thank god (laughs) (laughs) absolutely um where are we oh yeah yeah okay anyway so yeah so so bat's like okay chill out calm down i know you just killed somebody it's okay we'll get we'll get rid of the body for you We'll keep an eye out for Simon. I'll make some calls. Try to get word to Luke. You know, see what we can do there. He's like such a stand-up guy. Love Bat. And he's also a DJ. Uh-huh. Um, which honestly is a red flag. But I'm working to get past that. <laughs> right. So he's... Shel- I mean, I guess. Like, could it be like an orange flag for him? Or like a yellow flag? I mean, being a DJ in and of itself is the red flag. Um, and then I know, he has but I to just work meant... to overcome that. <laughs> I was just hoping we could give him a different color coding just because he is bat. But. Well, he, he's going to earn it. He's going to earn it. There, okay, there are more okay. green flags that will suffocate the red, the red flag. <laughs> <laughs> like, for instance, he's 
showing up to his ex-girlfriend's current boyfriend's apartment to help dispose of a body and then he promises to look after her other missing ex-boyfriend that's fair those are green flags (laughs) unless he's gonna murder them i mean he seems pretty he seems pretty like he wants to help yeah, good. <laughs> I don't think he has nefarious means. Um, but he does take Maya back with him to pack headquarters so they can, like, keep an eye on her. Because she is part of his pack, and Jordan is not. Like, he's in the Praetor. Yes. So mm-hmm. this is kind of like, you know, her family coming to take her home because, like, mm-hmm. you're not going to stay here right now. Like, you, this was this traumatic. Dangerous. Yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to keep an eye on you right now and, you know. Make sure you're okay. Which she seems honestly pretty relieved about because she is having issues. She's she's yes. struggling with this <laughs> Jordan situation. On. Gee, who could have called that this wouldn't end well? Like, Crazy. <laughs> oh, it started for all the wrong fucking reasons. <laughs> um <clears throat> But after a sleepless night, Maya heads back to Jordan's apartment, um, sadly without any news. Um, she hasn't heard anything about Simon. They, it doesn't seem like they've been able to get a hold of Luke. Um, and of course, Jordan feels responsible, but as Maya reminds him, like he can't fight off every baddie. And mm-hmm. without right. Simon's mark of pain, he's kind of like a giant target again, <laughs> being a, a daylighter. So like... You even asked for backup, and the Praetor was like, no, you'll be fine. So, like, it's not your fault. You can't blame yourself. But, of mm-hmm. course, he does, because, you know, he's long-suffering and all that shit. Mm-hmm. But beyond losing Simon, Maya's got other things on her mind, as I said before. Uh, like, how she needs to, quote-unquote, talk to Jordan. Uh, this does not sound good, obviously. Um, and she just keeps, like, Jordan, I need to talk to you in her head. Like, like... Right. Working her way up to say the words that no one wants to hear. Mm-hmm. Or say. <laughs> no. Yeah, we need to talk. I have something to tell you. Um, and she keeps, re- like I said, she keeps rehearsing it. And so if I remember the first time I read this, I was like, because she kept saying, Jordan, I have to tell you something. And I'm like, that sounds like I have to tell you I'm pregnant. I agree. Instead of, like, we need to talk, which is, like, this isn't working. That's different. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, is this a, I I think it was just a fake out. I think the wording was chosen that way to make you think maybe something else. But Right. Okay. It's obviously, like, this is a YA book. You know, so Uh yeah, fair. And it's not surrounding this subject, so it's probably not going to be in here. Yeah, Um, it's not MTV. No. Well, it, it's a mainstream, like, big five. Like, there are certain things that you can pretty much bet money aren't going to be in them without massive amounts of, like, this is actually what it's about. You know what I mean? Okay. They wouldn't just sprinkle it in something. and <laughs> It's too big. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At least from my opinion. Um, so Maya's plans are interrupted again. <laughs> 
uh, by Jordan's phone. Um, and it's a call from the Praetor asking Jordan to come in. And he tells Maya that he thinks they're going to help look for Simon. And so she reluctantly agrees to go with him, which I get it, girl. That is a long car ride for someone you're trying to break it off with. Like, yeah, oh, that's a lot of silence. <laughs> When you're like, I don't want to engage. Well, it's like, it doesn't even, like, this is what, 2000, we're we're maybe on the cusp of 2008 here. It's not like she has a lot of internet on her phone to keep her entertained. Road trips back then just weren't, they weren't the same. No. Well, and, and, like, it's a road trip because of traffic. Like, it's not even a road trip because of road tripping. Which which is is somehow worse. Yes. You're already, like, the vibes are already fucked. Yeah. <laughs> Add five minutes to my route, if as long as I don't have to stop and go. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So, leaving the awkward for a bit, we skedaddle over to Simon, who, shockingly, is waking up in a cage. <laughs> Love it. Love it when we start a scene with someone waking up. Uh, and so he's in this, like, cage wearing a flowy pirate shirt and leather breeches, which means he's basically Lestat because he's a vampire rock star. And that just makes me think of Queen of the Damned. So. Okay. There you go. I somehow missed this part. And it's mentioned, like, next chapter. Or I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's later in the bo- in this chapter or something. And I was so confused. <laughs> Like, when did he get this shirt? What's hot? Like, what? Got it. Thank you for discussing that. And I want I want to read to you Simon's reaction when he looks down and becomes aware of, of his new reality. Okay. Amazing. Why is it, he said after a moment, that whenever I think I've found the most terrible thing that could happen to me... I'm always wrong. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, I, I don't know it. how I missed Simon's suffering, but uh, right? I did somehow. It is your favorite pastime. <laughs> oh my god, that was good. That was good. <laughs> Oh, holy moly. So before Simon has a chance to adjust to his fresh nightmare, Maureen pops in wondering how he likes his wardrobe change. Um, she has other outfits for him, too. And she even <laughs> did his makeup herself. Like, the bitch is full on Delulu. She's yes. like, I've got a kilt for you. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck? <laughs> can't even get a word in edgewise as Maureen waxes poetic um, as Maureen waxes poetic about all her plans for them and Simon like Simon's hers now so she (laughs) they can finally be together because society was what was holding them from being together definitely (laughs) obviously I mean obviously that's true for part of it she's literally a child yeah all he needs is time for the Stockholm syndrome to set in. Like it's sure. just—it's a matter of time now, love. You're like, gonna love this shirt. You're gonna love me. Everything's gonna be from fine. this moment. Yes. Yeah. 
Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And once Simon is compliant, they'll rule together now that she's Queen Maureen of the Dead, which she repeats too much. Too much for a sane person. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And this is why you don't turn children. Like, they always, every, like, I feel like Jamie from, from Scream right now, like, just yelling at everybody that, like, you don't turn children into vampires because they were always crazy. Haven't you seen any movies? Like, <laughs> come on. That's what I was going for in my recap was like Twilight, the immortal children. Yeah. They're fucking, they're always, it never ends well. <laughs> So Maureen continues her unsettling behavior by playing with uh, melting wax. Like she's just kind of like holding this candle and dripping the wax on the floor while Simon tries to like suss out what in the actual fuck the little demon spawn has planned for him besides keeping him like a fucking pet. So many no's. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Okay. And so I'm going to read you this little excerpt but maureen of course was different maureen was a child an undead child simon remembered her rainbow arm warmers her breathy voice her big eyes she'd been a little girl with all the innocence of a little girl okay when (laughs) simon had bitten her when Camille and Lilith had taken her and changed her, injecting an evil into her veins that had taken all the innocence and corrupted it into madness. I feel like I didn't catch that the first go around. They inject. I thought they just turned her into a vampire. I mean, I, th- I think it's like a, I took it as like a metaphorical. I feel like this is like, this is some like, in darkened extra like evil magic sprinkle that Lilith did. Okay, look, will you read it one more time? Yeah, yeah like just exactly. the turning part. Yeah. yeah. She'd been a little girl with all the innocence of a little girl when Simon had bitten her. When Camille and Lilith had taken her and changed her, injecting an evil into her veins that had taken all the innocence and corrupted it into madness. So I didn't know that either. I agree. Um I wonder if Lilith added something to make her a little more crazy. Right. That That's the only thing I'm like, I'm like, it's, you know, it, she did it with Sebastian and then Sebastian's kind of doing that with the Indarkened. Like it wouldn't put me, pre- because, and they said something about they were, they were thinking about doing something different to Mark. So I'm wondering if Lilith is experimenting. Right. Still, because she experimented with all those babies. Lilith. That's just weird. Um, she's trying to, like, she's, she's the biggest baddie, so she's aligning herself with her, I think. Yeah, I think just, they're, (laughs) because the enemy of my enemy. Right. Honest to God, like, Lilith thinks, regardless of what happened or what's going to happen or whatever, she's pulling the strings with Sebastian in her brain. Like, Mm -hmm. she is the mastermind, she's the ultimate baddie, she's the final boss. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. So I and the yeah. idea for Lilith would be for Maureen to take out Simon and then somehow get close to Clary on Sebastian's behalf. I'm. I wonder if. I wonder if it's 
less <laughs> targeted and more like I want to see what this does okay. to a vampire. Mm-hmm. And the idea, I mean, she's going to cause chaos for the shadow hunters. So they're going to be busy. So maybe it's just like. Right. Because she's just going to go feral. Yeah. Obviously. Ca- cause yeah. some diversion or whatever. And like maybe she was like, well, could I control her? Oh, I can't. Oh, well, she'll have fun. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Meh. Try the next one. Kind of like V-Tang. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't know because it does feel like Maureen is not someone that could be controlled unless like Mm -hmm. physically brought to heal. Like I just don't think Mm -hmm. she's like so far gone. So I'm wondering if this is Simon's like perspective of what happened and he's like making an assumption or if this is like meant to be an easter egg or 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 if i just am missing something i don't know but it yeah. just it made me think so i'm like huh interesting because i, just I think assumed... we, we slightly talk about it in another later oh okay so maybe we'll yeah we can revisit it once we have a little i don't know yeah i just assumed she was a lunatic because she had no impulse control because she Agreed. was too young and like her brain yeah. wasn't developed when she was turned but <laughs> well, yeah. i never thought it was anything more sinister than they just like we don't want the witness to be left talking on mm-hmm. like to escape, to go do whatever, like we're going to bite her. So she's one of us, mm-hmm. but I do like your theory mm-hmm. that it's something more. So before Simon can really question her further, Maureen abruptly drops the flaming candle that she's been holding um, <laughs> and takes off saying she's got things to do, which is just not comforting. It's not right. <laughs> no, no, not even a little. No. <laughs> so we go from there. We get no answers about if there's a fucking fire in the cage that Simon's in. <laughs> nope. <laughs> if his puffy shirt's on fire. And when you think about the puffy shirt, tell me you think about the Seinfeld episode. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, yes, <laughs> okay, so we're over to Maya and Jordan driving to the Prater, like, in complete silence, which is just... Oh. <sighs> This has got to be more awkward for Jordan than Maya, honestly, because just sitting there wondering what she wants to say and being too afraid to ask is yeah, my you know assumption. He knows. Yeah. He knows. <laughs> yeah. So eventually Jordan breaks the silence by asking if she's okay. And she decides what she wants to say to Jordan can wait until Simon isn't missing. Now is not a good time. And so I'm going to read this. You know I love you, right? Mm. I know, Maya said quietly and fought the urge to say thank you. You weren't supposed to say thank you when someone said they loved you. You were supposed to say what Jordan was clearly expecting. Uh, 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 uh. I know is also not. Thank you. Next. Yeah. Yeah. Ariana Grande would say. Yeah. So she quickly diverts the question to um, the weather by asking him if he thinks it's snowing, which I guess at first I was like, she's talking about the weather, but no, it's not snowing. And the reason she's asking is because that's ash, not snow. That's not a good thing. (sighs) No. I mean, no. No. So Jordan puts the pedal to the metal 
And um, he, like, obviously they're almost to the Praetor. They can, like, see the building sort of. So where they should be able to see Praetor headquarters is just, like, a buttload of black smoke. That's not good. Yeah. So they both quickly jump out of the truck. I just want to know what make and model and year this truck is because he's being paid by the Praetor. So I just want to know. For some reason, I imagine it to be, like, a late 90s Ford Ranger. Yep. That's exactly what I think. (laughs) Like 1997 baby blue and white. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking navy blue. That's amazing. Oh, (laughs) okay. Oh, I was thinking like maroon red. Oh, I had a maroon red Mazda Mm. pickup truck was my first car. Mm. It was stolen. Anyway. (sighs) They both quickly jumped out of this truck. So I guess if it's a Ford Ranger, regardless of the color, there's not much jumping. No, it's it's more of a step out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, they're sort of panicking while trying to take in the scene. And Maya points out through the smoke like a person. And so Jordan takes off sprinting toward the figure. That's obviously it's smoky. So they're trying to see through whatever. And of course, Maya follows because FOMO is fucking real. Right. Even in scary situations. (laughs) So, let me set the scene. I know you guys don't, so I, I provided a photo. Love that, it. Thank you. you. You know that part? You don't. Of White Christmas, where Bing Crosby and Danny Kane are singing, Because We Love Him, to the general. Because yes. we love him. We love him. It's super cheesy, and I love it. And it's basically just like bricks and ruin all around them. And it is super cheesy. <laughs> but I, it's just exactly what I picture. Right. Just a complete broken down building. Anyway. So they get through part of the ruin and see a bunch of dead person slash wolves. And it's clearly very painful for them. Like Maya doesn't even know them, but she still feels it. Like person slash wolves live in a pack. Uh-huh. Obviously, we remember the quote, quote, for strength of the pack. For the strength of the pack is the wolf. And the strength of the wolf is the pack. She feels that in her heart. So I guess they don't have magic, but they, like, tie to each other. You know, they have, like, this internal bond. Imprinting, if you will. Yes. Yes. I was going to do, like, a little parabro tie bond thing, but I guess it's not that strong. So I like that. (laughs) So Jordan, I assume he knows some of these people. So he is a mess. He starts, oh, duh. Of course, I know he knows that he knows some of these people because he starts naming the people whose bodies he sees in front of him. And suddenly Maya sees something moving in the water ahead and um, she breaks into a dead sprint, which I just I don't know. Like, you don't know if the person that did this, which I'm assuming she assumes that it's Sebastian, but you don't know if they're still there. No. Anyway, so she breaks to a sprint and gets to Prater Scott's body. He's in the water. And he's gone. There's no bringing him back. Jordan quickly catches up with her and tries to comfort her for just a moment when he is suddenly stabbed through the chest with a a sword that is decorated with black stars. Uh Uh-oh. Surprise, surprise. Sorry to do that twice, but (laughs) obviously. Yeah. (laughs) So... No worries. <laughs> um, so Maya is in shock, obviously, 
I was in shock. So. Agreed. Yeah. Crazy. What is going on? Yeah. I did not expect that at all. And um, Jordan falls to his knees. She finally notices that it's like, obviously her mind is on Jordan, but she finally notices that it's Sebastian holding the blood covered sword. And he is in blood soaked clothes. Like clearly he's been doing some murdering around uh, these oh. parts. <laughs> <laughs> and he's smiling. Uh-huh. Which is just like, how evil. Now you really know that he's done some murdering yeah. in these parts because he's really yeah. happy about it. Yeah. Dude. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, Maya and Jordan. I've heard so much about you. Fancy meeting you here. Yeah. Just. Mm. He just is such a V-Tang light. It's crazy to me. Anyway. So Maya catches Jordan before he completely falls to the ground. And she like kind of lets him rest in her lap. And there's blood running out the corners of his mouth. And this was so sudden and unexpected that Maya is taking a second to recognize everything still. She's still sort of absorbing all of this. And when she sees Sebastian, like at first when she saw him, she was thinking like she saw her brother Daniel. She mm-hmm. did not see Sebastian for a second. Okay. Obviously, they um, they don't look anything alike. But in that moment, it's just someone that's caused terror, I guess, in her life. So that's yeah. what she okay. had seen. And so she finally acknowledges that it's Sebastian with uh, your Valentine's son. And Jordan chokes out a few words trying to convince Maya to run and not stay with him. Like, get out of here. Obviously, I'm dying. You need to go. She tells him, um, she tells, I was going to say Kyle, Jordan, Jordan Kyle, that he will be fine. But Sebastian's like, mm, no, I, I, I don't think so. He's totally going to die. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he's such a creep. And I'm I not, hate. I'm not smiling and laughing because I condone this behavior. This but I am you do smiling and laughing comments. because I think it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Still a bad person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's Not extra. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I really hate that I can't just read the entire page right now because this is such a moment. But anyway, <laughs> Maya tells Sebastian, like, shut the fuck up. And he's like, bruh, know your audience. I've just killed all of these person slash wolves here. You might want to mind your P's and Q's with me right now, okay? <laughs> And she asks why he killed them all since his, like, disagreement is with the shadow hunters. But he's not interested in explaining the long story to Maya right now. But basically, the London Institute is too well protected and Sebastian had to take it out on someone because he was killing today no matter what. <laughs> Murder like, was I wrote my mind. schedule in pen. Yep. I can't erase, can't erase it. it. He's like, I did my <laughs> whole pre-battle ritual. I am getting bloody. <laughs> Yes. Uh, <laughs> you know, but oh, don't worry read, though. I need to start reading Sebastian fan fiction. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm sure there's a lot. Yeah, there has to be. He's so evil, but so charismatic. Oh, I know. <laughs> so Maya wonders the same thing we're all wondering right now. What the fuck does the London Institute have anything to do with the Praetor? 
since the Praetor is an ally to the Shadow Hunters and the London Institute has a history with the Praetor, that's the connection that Sebastian made. Mm-hmm. Seems oh. like a stretch, but okay. Whatever. So Sebastian has a message for the Shadow Hunters, and it sounds like he's going to Ma- let Maya live to relay this message. She starts to protest, but Jordan, like, grips her fingers, and so she changes her mind pretty quickly, and she's like, what the fuck do you want, okay? What is this message? He wants her to relay to all of the downworlders that this is how Sebastian will deal with Shadowhunter allies. He has no issues with downworlders downworlders otherwise. So if they stand with the Shadowhunters, they're all going to go down. Totally. You're all going to die. You're going to die. You're going to (laughs) die. And he's like, oh, by the way, your boyfriend's dead, by the way. Bye. And he just walks away. Uh, like, while we, while I've been talking to you, you've missed his final moments. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's Awful. so bad, but it's also so good. So good. I yeah. mean, he like, really, like... He's so good at being The thing bad. is, in the, a sea full of very clear-cut early aughts female characters and stuff. He's just different. Yeah. <laughs> like, he stands up off the page, which yeah. is why. And, like, the Seely Queen does, too. I yeah. think that's why yes. I'm just, like, I love to read what's going through because they're just not, like, your basic YA characters. I want more of fantasy books that have you know how like like for instance these kinds of books where you've got multiple POVs right so you get to see different sides of of the story and stuff I want more fantasy where we get to see both the hero and the villain like Mm -hmm. I want to see because everyone's a hero in their own fucking story for real. Right? And like, I mean, do you think Sebastian sees it that way? I guess so, because he has a plan. I mean, I, I think for him, he also just really enjoys being bad. Yeah. It doesn't but matter. In in that in that case, he 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 does feel like he's his own liberator at the very least. He has the freedom, you know, he's given himself the freedom to just do whatever the fuck he wants mm-hmm. and not be, you know tied down by guilt and and all of you know those human emotions like empathy and (laughs) things like that you know so i guess in a way you could twist it but i just like being able to see like they're like why are you fucked up and if you're good Mm -hmm. at being bad i want to kind of see it (laughs) i'm bad i mean it would be nice to i mean i don't know what his internal like monologue. His monologue would probably be really creepy. Especially anytime he was in a room with Clary. (laughs) I'd be really disturbed. But I'm hoping the Sealy Queen is like getting him over that. Yeah, at least distracting him a little bit from that. It's still fucked up because she has red hair, but honestly, I feel like it's no more fucked up than (laughs) Harry Potter because his Ginny looks exactly like his mom. Like, he has such bad oh, mommy issues. Okay. Oh. Interesting. I, um, didn't think of that. How? She's I the only know. other female with red hair. Listen, I wasn't super invested in them as a couple. Yeah. Same thing. It doesn't, 
it, it, yeah, it, I didn't love it. Like, Too, I, I, mean, I really I went into the movies, I knew they were a couple because you can't escape right. some spoilers yes. after all this time. But the way Always. it happened, <laughs> I was just like, that was weird. <laughs> I mean, okay, look, there's so much more depth, depth with the TH in the books mm-hmm. that, like, it's, it, I feel bad for the actress. Oh, I think did yes. a phenomenal job. I, but if she would have actually been able to have more. Right. I, anyway. I think I think the direction of the movies I I don't think because it was um who was it? Was it Alfonso for the those two? No. No, that was three and four, right? Uh, David Yates or was it Christopher Columbus? No. It was David Yates. It was Yates. Yeah, you're right. It was Yates because he did five and six. Uh-huh. Um I just I didn't I didn't like the way he did what? It's crazy that you know that. <laughs> it's a it's a special interest. Um <laughs> But I, I just didn't like how he handled like any of the romance. It felt very strange. It felt like the actors were so uncomfortable. Yes. That yeah. it made everybody else, and I think he he was going for like it to be cringe because they're teenagers, but okay. it just it came off like everyone hated every second of it. And I'm like, you really needed some sort of like intimacy coordinator, even if they're just kissing. <laughs> like these kids need to feel comfortable, like yes. otherwise it just looks real weird. Uh-huh. Well, and. <sighs> Okay, this is obviously way fucking off tangent. Yeah, sorry. So I'll say one more piece and then move on. It's like in, obviously in the, like, I, I don't want to be the, as I lift my last um, up. Well, technically in the movie, in the book. I love you know? it. But um, there's so much more passion because you're, like, you get the internal monologue piece, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. And in the book, it's really much like, I'm going, you know, this is war. This yeah. is scary. I need to hold on to these relationships, but it's scary to have a relationship. And how do I deal with feeling this way about this person when, you know, my best friend's involved and she's seen this other guy and I didn't know how I felt and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's it's very much more dynamic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, I'm moving my microphone. I hope it doesn't sound like crap. Sorry. My bad. Anyway, okay. sorry, that, that was, a was a terrible HP tangent. I mean, <laughs> I could go on, yeah. but I shan't. <laughs> okay, so you guys, oh, and goodness, we're on um, with the Magnus train, okay? Yes. So we don't have to deal with that crap anymore. Thank you. And I guess crap isn't a good way to say RIP to a uh, main cast adjacent character. Yeah. Yeah, but we weren't super um, attached. Well, I mean, and we we already kind of talked about it. Like he went through the character assassination because there was so much hype for this book. When this book came out, Cassie had teased that a main character was going to die, um, and so there was so much oh, hype okay. before this book. And then as I was reading this book, I was like, like even the book before we had talked about it, like he went through the character assassination and it just continued it in this book. So when he died, it didn't feel like it was significant. Like Maya was actively trying to break up with him when he died, which sure 
adds a level of angst to him dying and her feeling like she doesn't deserve the sympathy of like the the widowed girlfriend the, kind of yeah. a situation. Uh-huh. Um but at the end of the day, it, he's kind of a shitty guy. Like he pressured her into this yeah. relationship she didn't she wasn't ready for that she actively told him she was not ready for and he mm-hmm. pushed her into it and we're supposed to be like super heartbroken. He wasn't a great guy. He was a guy who uh-huh. thought he was a good guy, but didn't behave like a good guy, which is like the worst kind of bad guy. So like, right. I, I'm sorry. Like yeah. if you're a bad guy and you know, you're a bad guy for me, that's less of a bad guy than a bad guy who thinks he's a good guy. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what to say to move on. I don't know Jessica either. I'm Natal. sorry. <laughs> Agreed. No. Great. I feel I feel like we're not giving this enough time and justice, but I don't know what else to right. say. Right. It's time to and move on have... from Jordan Kyle. I'm yeah. sorry. Mm, Goodbye. Sorry. Pour yes. one out. Pour one out for Jordan and we can just move yeah. the fuck on. Yes. Okay. So, the transition to this paragraph whatever New set, new scene, new pov mm-hmm. is, quote, Magnus hadn't been inside the Hunter's Moon since it was a speakeasy. Oh. First, speakeasy. Fucking love that. Yep. Second, I can't not say that bar name in the tune of that song from Ghost. So it's like Hunter's Moon. And then so like we're off to a good start. Okay. 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 Um. The bar is seedy and it's dirty and the bar top has scratches on it from werewolf, so excuse me, person slash wolf claws. And it's really cool. It sounds cool. It sounds like a hit place to be. The bartender's name is Sneaky Pete. And apparently he is serving a drink to none other than Bat Velasquez, who we all know is the HBIC of the New York City Wolf Clan while Luke is away. It's like he's his second, okay? And he is in charge while Luke is gone. And after Jace's, might I just say, fucking bold assumption that Magnus has no friends, okay? Mm-hmm. That was very bold of you, little boy. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. actually out with Katarina Loss, okay? Mm. And Katarina sees him staring at Bat and says that, like, I thought you'd given up on person slash wolves after Wolsey Scott. Mm. Like, I thought you weren't into them anymore. Mm. And I'm going to preface this right now. Just literally means nothing to anybody except to Kristen and Amanda. But I video like voiced to Texas. I know how to spell Katarina's name correctly. Just so you're aware. Okay. Don't sit there and be like, what an idiot. No. And then I was too lazy to fix it. Anyway. Okay. Anxiety. I had to say that. Um, Magnus's internal monologue is like, oh, like he's thinking like, oh, Bat's not, isn't bad looking if you like them square jawed and broad shouldered, which is hilarious because it's obviously the opposite of Alec, who he is totally smitten with. (laughs) Right. Right. He's an opposite, Lightwood. And Magnus tells Katarina that he was just deep in thought. He's like, I'm just looking off into the middle distance. I'm in thought, not like yumming up Bat, okay? Which, by the way, I think is such a funny name for a werewolf because like, it's always like they have issues with vampires. Like that's yeah. the yeah. trope. So I like that. And Katarina tells him, like, listen, whatever you're thinking about, do not do it. Because you always have bad ideas. Like <laughs> if you're planning to become a pirate again, like just let's just not go through with it. And 
I just want you to know this is my remember way back in high school high school now currently I don't know if they still do this if it was just me but it was like you had to do like blank is to blank as blank is to blank uh-huh. mm-hmm. so and I don't remember what it's called at the moment so um pirate magnus is like sexy captain hook from once upon a time oh and it is immediately yes yeah yeah i'm into it listen Uh i'm not maureen crazy like i'm not gonna kidnap you and put you in a cage to force it but like if we want to talk about it i'm into it (laughs) Uh and but i don't mean like like, don't go live in the sea and be a pirate. I mean, I want you to be an historically accurate pirate. Right. So you want him to have scurvy? <laughs> Maybe with less syphilis. I don't know. Maybe right, less of right. that. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now she likes the word booty. Uh. <laughs> See, because it's funny. It's appropriate when it's funny. Yes. Okay. And I know... That this isn't a super important quote, but I really like it because it shows kind of Magnus. Magnus has been kind of, a like I, I said, for Jordy, he's like a main character adjacent uh-huh. person. And just in the, like, he obviously had more kind of little spots and roles in the Infernal Devices. And we've seen him in all the TMIs. It was different to have him in Red Scrolls, which mm-hmm. was kind of a, like a, really like first person pov thing with alec but at the time this book was out that book wasn't out right so it's a really cool kind of first look into like magnus as a standalone character he has his own relationships with his own friends he's his own person he's not like a token shadow hunter character yes so i like this quote and it is i don't repeat my mistakes magnus said offended you're right you make all new and even worse mistakes katarina told him don't do it. Whatever it is. Don't lead a werewolf uprising. Don't do anything that might accidentally contribute to the apocalypse. And don't start your own line of glitter and try to sell it at Sephora. <laughs> well, And I, so funny. And I wish that I could do a good, like, I like when they do Katarina Loss's voice when they do the auto audiobook narration. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I can't do that, but I, I love to hear that in her voice in my brain. Yeah. Anyway, of course, Magnus is pining about the one and only Alec Lightwood. Like, that's what he's doing. We all know that that's what's going on, especially after their kiss that ended, like, you know, abruptly. And then he, like, went through a portal or whatever. And Katarina has almost the best friend eye roll reaction to this thing that she hasn't seen any other partner get under Magnus's skin this way like that Alec has. He, she's just like kind of I really feel like Katarina is giving Kristen and that's why I like her so much. Okay. <laughs> and she's just like you're being dumb. Okay. You're a giant idiot. You might not want to admit how you're feeling but I know how you're feeling so I'm going to tell you how you're feeling because you're too effing stupid to figure it out on your own. Yeah. Overbearing. And this is yeah. what you're going to do. And you just need that sometimes. It's true. Especially sometimes if you're you. neurotic like I am right. about everything. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm vibing Katarina right now for that. <laughs> anyway, I didn't read through this and it's such a shit So I'm sorry. So um, she also mentions to Magnus, um, like 
She's like, by the by, I know Alec is getting under your skin because you had me take the portal drop at the Institute because you didn't want to see him. Ah, but then guess go. what? You ended up showing up to say goodbye to any- him anyway, which is like completely side eye of you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love that she's calling him out. Yep. Yeah. And Magnus is like, okay, he admits it. He did go say goodbye to Alec, but it was a big mistake. Huge. Huge. And Katarina's <laughs> bullshit meter starts going off. She's like, mm, no, wrong. Like, <laughs> what is this actually about? Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Usually when Magnus is in love, he's unsufferable. Okay. That's your, that's your MO. You're annoying. And then it's kind of like... Speaking of past relationships, how about that Camille bitch? She was evil and awful. Like, no wonder she ended up hoodwinking Alec. Mm-hmm. Like, she can kind of, which is crazy as the bestie to kind mm-hmm. of defend the behavior. Yeah. But I think knowing how Magnus, like, I think Magnus wants to forgive Alec, uh-huh. but he wants permission yes. to forgive. And, yes. and I think Katarina knows that he needs that from her. Yeah. And so she's just like, I mean, no, like, she's an ancient vampire right. with, like, yeah, vampire. What is that? Like, and the he's vampire an 18 year old human boy. <laughs> like, yeah. And a very sheltered shadow hunter. Yes. Yeah. He's a of any 18. shadow hunter. Yeah. Yes. Like, and I, he's responsible. He's a cranky old woman. He. <laughs> Would own many cats, okay? Yes, yes. Like, and that's, he's like an old spirit, but he's naive, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and especially, and, like, um, he's obviously so easily manipulated by someone who spent centuries manipulating people. Like, right. Like, it's just not fair. It's just not fair. Well, and how does he know that she didn't use vampire, like, do 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 stuff yeah. on him to get him to feel more like that i don't know well i think maybe shadow hunters are more immune to that okay that's fair good point good point um so katarina is kind of like as we said she's like hey camille's like camille but magnus is like hey uh katarina you're forgetting the fact that he's a shadow hunter like yeah which is kind of Again, I really think, I just said it, I'll say it again, because I'm going to, <laughs> he just wants permission to forgive, yeah. and he's got to earn it, okay? Mm-hmm. So if she's checked mark all the boxes after he's given her all of the arguments he's probably been having in his own mind, and she gives it her stamp of approval, then he'll be cool with it, but we got to go through the rigmarole. And um, Katarina's like... Uh, Oh, is this what this is about? Like, you've never dated a shadow hunter before? Is this why you're kind of all, like, some sort of way about it? And Magnus is like, no, he's more worried about how the world is changing. And he tells Katarina about the dreams that he's kind of been alluding to the last, you know, couple chapters. Mm-hmm. And he's, um, his dreams sometimes are prophetic. And he's worried that this is one of those prophetic dreams that are coming true. And it's like lake of fire, burning, evil, How craziness. Exciting. I know. And Katarina reminds him that, um, like, your ability to kind of have prophetic dreams comes from your dad. And, like, maybe he's just fucking with you because he's right. also kind of a dick. Yes. There is that. Yeah. And Magnus thinks about how... Um, 
Katarina and Regner are the only people who have the answer to Toby Keith's burning question of who is your daddy? (laughs) Did you hear my voice mess up on his last? Yep. (laughs) Toby Queef. (laughs) I feel like that fits because he's kind of a dick. Fuck. Now I'm going to have to just. Now I'm going to have to decide for an episode title between booty, from booty to duty to Toby Queef. I think think Toby Queef might win. Just because it was an Because he really is a queef of a guy. Yeah, he deserves it. (laughs) I can't. Do you spell, uh, is queef spell, it's Q-U-E-E-F, right? That's what I would think. <laughs> yes. Okay. I think, Google it. I don't know. Is it a real word? <laughs> I mean, it's got to be in the Urban Dictionary. It's got to be now, yeah. Oh, jeez. Okay, look, my original joke fell short, okay? Did not have the zing that it needed. This is so much better. But it's better. Because I was even going to sing it, but I just couldn't do it. And I need a second because I'm crying and I can't see the screen. Yep. I'm going to wipe my eyeballs. Oh. Oh, good times. Good times. Okay. Whew. And commence. Magnus <laughs> asks, like, what his dad would be. Like, why Why do you think my dad's messing with me? Like, what do you think? Like, what did I do? I didn't do anything. Right. Like, Magnus is not the center of all of this, like, kerfuffle that's been happening. Mm-hmm. Kerfuffle, kerfuffle. I don't know. Can't say the word. And Camille's like, oh, okay. But Alec is. And you're trying to push him away before something bad happens. Mm. And she's oh, okay. just, she's a miner and she is digging for mm-hmm. yep. coal. She's got that gold. gold. Or, yeah. And Magnus says, and I quote, I tried to paraphrase this and I couldn't, so we're reading it. I love it. You said not to do anything that might accidentally contribute to the apocalypse, Magnus said. I know you were joking, but it's less funny when I can't rid myself of the feeling that the apocalypse is coming somehow. Valentine Morgenstern nearly wiped out the Shadowhunters, and his son is twice as clever and six times as evil. And he will not come alone. He has help from demons greater than my father, from others. Shit. Mm. I know. And Katarina's trying to keep it light. And Magnus is like, (laughs) doom and gloom. (laughs) (sighs) After some questioning from Katarina, Magnus goes on to explain that he's been trying to look into who Sebastian's allies are, but he keeps coming up with dead ends. Somehow, Sebastian's been able to erase all the tracks of who he might be working with. And Magnus doesn't know if he's going to be able to help the Shadowhunters, even though he said he was done dealing with them. Like, I know I said I was done dealing with these peeps, but even if they wanted my help, I don't think I could. Like, this is crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. And Katarina pretty bluntly tells Magnus that mortals die. It's just kind of part of the process of being one of them. And it's not like he's never loved an immortal before. Mm -hmm. To which Magnus replies, not like this. Mm. I know. I know. And Katarina's like, 
you're dumb. <laughs> if that's how you feel, you need to go be with him. Like, did you learn nothing from Will and Tessa? Like, you need to go. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I'm getting chills. I For know. Real. Like, listen, I was at the dollar store the other day and I wanted this really cool looking glass jar that looks like I would want to put a potion in it mm-hmm. but I don't have a potion to put in it and I was like I'm gonna carry this around with me because if like maybe I can think of something to use it for but if not I will regret not buying this for many moons mm-hmm. yes and it is a dollar 25 piece of glass this is like a big relationship come on dude you're gonna regret it <laughs> yeah I did buy it, and I still don't know what to put it for. But I was like, "It's a dollar twenty-five, and I and it's a pretty. I have to have a trinket. Mm-hmm. I'm a crow. Yep, I need this." Okay. <clears throat> Magnus reminds Camille, Katerina. Oh, I said Camille. Sorry, that Alec is in Alicante, and Katerina's like, "Ding dong, dummy! Like you're supposed to be the warlock representative. You sloughed off your responsibility on me." And now I'm bequeathing it back to you. And you can take this dinner invitation with you. Melion wants to have a little dinner date with all the council representatives, like Sans Shadowhunters. Mm-hmm. Just then, out of the corner of his eye, Magnus sees Bat kind of blanch. Like, he obviously, like, he's getting some bad news on his Motorola flip phone. Like, mm-hmm. shit is going down. Okay? His face is turning red, and he gets off the phone all, like, angry. And he snaps his flip phone shot, which is something I totally miss being able to do. Yes. Yes. I do yes. get to slam a receiver down at work when customers are annoying. After <laughs> <I> <laughs> <have> <laughs> uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It's not the same vibe as having it no. mobile with you. Agreed. And Magnus walks over to ask what the cheese may is and what's going on. And um, I don't know what I wrote, so I need to read this really quick. Oh, bat. Is like, hey, I know who you are. You're Magnus. Myas says that we can trust you. And Magnus basically says he can't help but noticing that Bat just received some bad news on the phone call and he wants to know what's going on. Like, can't help but notice you noticing me that I noticed you <laughs> that you got some bad news. Then instead of just telling him the information, um, Magnus plays a guessing game asking what it could co- like possibly be the issue. So it's almost like he's like, what happened? Was it this? Was it this? Was it this? Like, <laughs> just just let the man up. speak. Yeah. Let him talk. <laughs> when Bat finally spills the beans that there's been an attack on the Praetor Lupus headquarters, it's completely burned to the ground and Jordan, Kyle, and Praetor Scott were killed in the attack. It seems like Sebastian Morgenstern has taken his fight to the person slash wolves. Oh, mm. shit. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, May. Sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Agreed. Sad. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, We're hard. it's hitting me harder a little bit from other people hearing it <laughs> than it actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess more that it was the Praetor Scott. Yeah, that was. Well, and all of those young persons. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just Kyle yeah. that died. Jordan, whatever the hell his mm-hmm. name is. Yeah, it, it's a total Two first tragedy. names. This is, this is bad news bears. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So make sure that you read chapter six, Brother Lead and Sister Steel, for next week's episode. Mm. 
For behind-the-scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlderdishpodcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.